Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sarah. And I'm Beth. We're lawyers, mothers, and host of the bipartisan podcast, Pantsuit Politics. Just as we differ in political philosophy, we've arranged our lives in very different ways, from our careers to where we live to our choices about marriage and family. But we have more in common than divides us. In a world that increasingly defaults to false dichotomies, we explore the messiness of living wisely. The choices, trade-offs, priorities, and grace of living a nuanced life. everyone. We hope you had wonderful Thanksgiving celebrations and time with family and friends. This is our last Nuance Life episode in our current format. And in December, we're making the exciting change to be commemoration focused. So be sure to send your commemorations our way. We'll continue to do full episodes on Patreon once a month. For those of you who support us there, thank you so much. We ask only for a $5 a month commitment. It helps us pay the cost of producing good episodes for you and uh, keep doing our work here. So today, Sarah and I are each going to do individual commemorations before launching into a gift-giving discussion. We're just going to help everybody get organized. We know everybody's brains are turning to December and getting all of your gifts together, and we're going to try to help you get there before ending, as we always do with something somewhat inspirational. Sarah, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I had a lovely Thanksgiving. How about you? I mostly did. We had a lot of sickness in my house around Thanksgiving, but other than that, it was fine. And that's really my commemoration. So you say, are you commemorating health? (laughs) Well, here's what I'm commemorating. And I know it's kind of a, you know what? I'm not going to apologize. We always tell our listeners, don't apologize. So here's my commemoration. I was deathly ill the day after Thanksgiving. And normally the day after Thanksgiving is one of my favorite days of the year because we spend Thanksgiving Day with Chad's family a few hours away from where we live. And then on Friday, my parents and my sister and her husband come to my house and I spend all day just blissfully cooking a big meal in the kitchen. And then I get to serve my family, which I love doing. Oh, no, I didn't realize the timing worked out like that. I knew you were sick, but I guess and I, I knew all that. I just didn't put the pieces together. Oh. Yeah. So Friday, I think I had food poisoning. It was that kind of violent, immediate, and then gone pretty quickly thing. But all day Friday, I couldn't even think. I kept trying to check my email. I just couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't focus on words on the screen when people talked to me. I couldn't understand what they were saying. So my parents and sister came anyway. I asked them to, and they did. And I am very happy that I did not fall into my old pattern of trying to be more than I could be. I laid on the couch. I did not feed anyone. Chad brought in fast food for dinner. At (laughs) 7 o'clock, I looked at everyone and said, I'm going to bed. 
enjoy each other's company. And I did. And I slept for 13 hours. And then Saturday, I was able to get up and cook a big meal. And we had our normal celebration just at lunch on Saturday. I missed a couple of things that I wanted to do Saturday because I was still really dragging. Honestly, I'm still really dragging. I'm drinking a Sprite as we speak. But I was happy that I was able to do it. More than anything, though, I just feel like it's a big deal for someone who fixates too on the Enneagram to be sick with a house full of company and just lay around and do what your body needs. But I did. Sickness also came to my house. The timing was much more fortuitous than your timing. I got strep throat on Wednesday, like woke up. I'd been coughing during our travels. I told Beth that like, we need a sickness travel strategy. We do not have one. And I feel like we need to be better about like rinsing out our sinuses when we get off the plane, taking echinacea the whole time. We're going to have a strategy next time, Beth. I've got plans because <laughs> we had traveled the week before. And it's like, you know, you have to, you just, especially when you like come down from travel, if you're not, I know there's some hardcore travelers in our audience. So y'all can send all your traveling sickness tips, per, sickness prevention tips. Or your travel tips, period. I love travel Yeah, tips. that's fine time. So anyways, I got it on Wednesday, got to my doctor's office and you're not contagious from strep 24 hours after you take an antibiotic, start taking antibiotics. And I literally was like almost to the minute when my family was supposed to be 24 hours to the minute before when my family was supposed to be showing up for Thanksgiving the next day. So I worked out really well. And by the next morning, I slayed in bed all Wednesday, took my antibiotics by the next morning, felt much better and felt perfectly fine by the end of Thursday. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, I was, was really good because my commemoration is I hosted Thanksgiving at my house for the first time. We had 22 people from my family come, and it worked out beautifully. My husband made two turkeys. Um, he loves to make turkeys. We also have a double oven that we haven't got to, like, really use to its max capacity. And they're full-size ovens, which is really, really nice. They're not the, like, sort of dinky double ovens you see a lot. And so he made two turkeys, and, you know, my mom and my grandmother came over and helped me set everything up on Wednesday. Luckily, they were the ones setting the table on Wednesday before we realized it's true. I didn't do anything. I didn't touch anything. They set out all the dishes and silverware. It worked out really, my house was like so well suited because I have a dining room and then my uh, my office is to the right. My dining room is to the left when you walk in our front door and my office has a desk up against the wall, but then I have a big, nice table, which is actually our old dining room table from when we lived in Washington, D.C. And so we just transformed that. It seated eight. So we had a dining room to the right, a dining room to the left, and then my eating kitchen seats about eight. So everybody, we had beautifully, you know, I have enough, I have China for days because I have my China and my great grandmother's China. And we set out all the tables and everybody came. We did this really cool um, thing called the Thanksgiving Reader that I found online that I think we put in the show notes last week. And um, so we read and everybody shared what they were grateful for. It was just so chill. Sometimes there's a little drama in my family. We got a lot, 22 people. There's a lot of different personalities, but it went so smoothly. Everybody brought what was needed. There was just enough food. Like I just, it was so much fun and it, it felt so special and wonderful to be the one hosting my family for the first time. So it was really, really lovely. That is awesome. I have some envy as I'm listening to you because, you know, I just had to scrap some things, including using mm -hmm. my china. I had to scrap my fun Thanksgiving activities that I'd planned to get together on Friday. I had a list, like, and I was going to print the things, and I was excited. But, you know, it worked out okay. I ended up just having everybody kind of go through buffet style. We still had a turkey. It was a beautiful turkey. I was proud of it. I was proud. I made these pull-apart rolls in a wreath shape. It was Ooh, gorgeous. And fancy. I'm definitely bringing it out again for Christmas. It was amazing. Um, so... Things were okay, but yours sounds picturesque, and I'm so happy that your strep throat did not get in the way. Yeah, it didn't. I, mean, I get strep throat every year. Anybody got tips for how to not get strep throat every year, I will take those as well. 
please and thank you. I think it might be don't have small children around you. I know, right? Why are those little carriers? Oh, Because I get stomach viruses all through the winter. Stomach viruses hit me like crazy. And I just feel like this is how it's going to be until they go to college. And can I just say that, like, I've had it. Nicholas has it now. My stepdad had it. None of them have it. They're just carriers. That's rude. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to be caring for children's stuff. I don't. But, like, they're clearly just carriers of it. It's, ugh. Makes me so mad. Okay. So up next, we are going to go full gift giving. We survived Black Friday as we're recording at Cyber Monday. So I've got my house decorated, and now my brain is like, okay, time to get all the presents. So we're going to walk through gift giving lists, gift giving strategies, and our favorite gifts we've sent and received. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You all might know that Sarah and I wrote a book that is available for pre-order right now, becoming out February 5th. It's called I Think You're Wrong, But I'm Listening, A Grace-Filled Guide to Political Conversations. And you can pre-order it anywhere that you like to purchase books. We are really excited about our book and wanted to share with you all here on The Nuanced Life, Allie Edwards' endorsement of our book. We also love Allie Edwards and everything that she does, and her words meant a ton to us. As a longtime listener to Sarah and Beth's podcast, one of the things I loved about reading I Think You're Wrong But I'm Listening is that I know without a doubt that they are truly trying to live and put into practice the principles they've outlined throughout the pages of the book. I love emphasis on a nuanced approach to political conversations, coming not from party-centered divisiveness, but from a place of wholehearted connection. At its core, this is a book about how to be a better human. Thank you so much, Allie, and thank you to all of you who've already pre-ordered. If you haven't, we would so appreciate you doing so. How many people buy books in advance of the book's release matters a lot in terms of how many more people will be able to see the book. So thank you for your support and check out I Think You're Wrong, but I'm listening a guide to grace-filled political conversations anywhere you like to shop. And side note, you do not get charged until the book ships in February. And also you can go to I Think You're Wrong, but I'm listening.com and put in your order information and you'll get a bunch of pre-order bonuses like phone lock screens and access to our surviving holiday conversations with friends and family replay of our live class we did last week. So lots of cool pre-order bonuses if you head over to the website. All right, Beth, I feel like you have a good list of who we give gifts to. I think that's where we should start. Let's start with, like, I think it's always helpful to talk through mailman and hairdressers and, like, what you do for all those people. Because sometimes I forget about people. Like, right before we got started, you said, oh, piano teachers. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about piano teachers. So will you share your list of sort of periphery people you give gifts to? Because obviously we all give gifts to our families, and I think we have teachers under control. But let's talk about the periphery people and how you handle those. I think that's a good place to start. Well, let me say, first of all, I have a spreadsheet, and I believe a spreadsheet is essential. Because even though it's obvious that we give family gifts, 
I got a lot of extended family gatherings with people that I don't see except for at Christmas time. And some of them have rules like this family does an exchange where everybody brings something that's $25 or whatever. And keeping all that stuff straight is a lot. And so I use my spreadsheet and I sign it kind of chunk it out by how I refer to each extended family. And I just list right there what I need for it. If I know the date, I put the date in. Um, and this is what I've got to have, right? And then I do all of Jane and Ellen's teachers, right, or child care providers. And so I do a list of those folks. Then I try to think of extracurriculars and church people and just all the folks that are regularly interacting with my children. I think that it's important to do something to acknowledge them. Now, I will say for people like our primary child care provider, my primary gift is always going to be extra money. That's a thing. Like, I think that that's such a, the extra money, like, do you use that just for that person? Or like, I always give my hairdresser like double the tip. Yeah. That's what I was going to say to you. I just, with people I'm not like in close relationship with, but that I really appreciate. So it's kind of a double-edged thing because the people I'm in the closest relationship with, like the person who primarily cares for my three-year-old, I give her extra money. And then I have all of these people who I have good relationships with and appreciate a lot that I do small gestures for, school teachers, piano teacher, things like that. And then I have folks who I'm not in super close relationship with, but I appreciate and I just tip more generously for them. So that's how I handle it. And I I do not do anything for the mail carrier because we do not have a consistent mail carrier. Mm. I would not recognize that. Like, I have no idea where to even begin with that person. So I just try to think about the folks who are regularly in my orbit. Who do I see at least once a month and make that list on my spreadsheet and start working my way through it? That's a good idea. Do you do food for any of these people or is it always gift? Because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who like batch candy, which I think is a really good approach to those people. I no longer do food for those people because I have so many teachers in my family and have seen the haul of food Mm -hmm. that they bring home and know from their experiences that they appreciate every single gesture very much, and they would never say this, but I can just see in their faces, what am I going to do with all of this? Especially if they're not people who entertain and can just like set plates of candy out constantly. So the only time that I give candy as a gift, and it's not really even a gift, it's just if we feel like making it, we will share it with neighbors. And I think that's a really fun thing. And lots of our neighbors do that, where you just get plates of cookies or pumpkin bread or whatever. And then my father-in-law, can I just be honest with you about my father-in-law? I love him. (laughs) He, He doesn't like anything. He's just not a person who is ever going to unbox something and have a moment of joy. At least not something that I am humanly capable of buying for him. But the man loves chocolate and peanut butter more than life itself. And so I make tons of candy for him. And it is his favorite thing. And the girls and I do it together. And it's something that we can do a couple weeks in advance and just keep in the fridge. And it brings him so much delight. A level of delight I've not seen from him about literally anything else including like the birth of his grandchildren. That's hilarious. So we go with the candy for him. But other than that, I just feel like people in those types of roles tend to get so many homemade goodies that if I were them, I would appreciate some variety. 
Okay, what about periphery people at like school and church? Okay, so you have your homeroom teachers. Do you some, do something for like the secretary and the music teacher and the art teacher? I do not do all the special teachers. Perhaps I should. Now you're making me think about my spreadsheet again. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I always feel bad. I feel like they kind of get left out in like the, the truly sometimes I depend on our school secretary more than anybody else. I do not have that kind of relationship with the school secretary. And there's kind of a rotating group in the office as well. So I don't think that would make sense in our school environment. But the special teachers I should think about. That's that's wise. Jane has two primary teachers. She's in that kind of ELA math setup. And so I've gotten the same gifts for both of them. Okay. And then what about church people? Like, do you do something for the church staff? Yes. Okay. We have two pastors at our church who both do a lot for me and my family. And so we do gifts for them as a family. And then I'm going to get some little things for Ellen's nursery workers who are really consistent, too. The way that Jane's biblical instruction, I guess, is staffed is that it's like a rotating group of people. So I don't really have a good opportunity to do something for that group, except just also contribute to the church as much as they do, at least try to. (laughs) Okay. So do you have any go-to for all these periphery people things, not food? Yes. I personally love to give things that are just going to be useful to people like this, especially things that they might have to spend their own money on sometimes and don't want to. So like really nice stationery is a go-to for me. I find I took stationery to a gift exchange one year and people white elephant the heck out of my stationery. <laughs> That's such a good test. That's yes. such a good test is like, what's, what have you taken to a white elephant that people fought overhand, like just fought to the death over? I always find lottery tickets are very popular at white elephant parties, but go ahead. Well, I couldn't believe like every single person stole my stationery. It was like the most coveted item that year. And I thought, this is it. I'm doing stationery. And I love stationery. So I, I get it. You. I mean, what, an, what a good thing to take away from something like that. Of course, I always think you should also give stamps with stationery. Because Ooh, that's, that's the really problem with focus. thank you notes is like you love them and then you're like, crap, I don't have any stamps. Yes, I love that. I like nice pens. I love cute post-it notes. I love any kind of pretty paper. This year, I got the bundles of dry erase boards from Emily Lay. They're really pretty dry erase boards, like really tasteful designs that I feel would work in most decorative motifs, especially for teachers' classrooms. They're small enough to stick on different surfaces. And it's just like a little, it's like a nice thing that I think would be useful that you wouldn't buy for yourself normally. Yeah. And I unbundled the bundles so that I'm giving each person maybe two different tiny dry erase boards. Like there's a to-do list. There's a calendar. There's one that's just blank. And then I'm putting them with chapstick that I bought from a local company in Maine after we talked to Tiffany Bond about her. A lot of people are getting Maine-themed gifts this year (laughs) because of Tiffany Bond's candidacy. And so I like to give... A few little nice things that feel like luxury items but are still pretty small to teachers. We've done things like movie um, gift cards with like a little popcorn thing. And, you know, we've tried to mix it up. But I'm trying to get away from gift cards, too, just because that feels so thoughtless to me. But everybody appreciates Mm -hmm. them. So maybe I'm just entertaining myself this year. That's so hard is like the the balance between something that's super – I mean, the most useful thing is money. But you don't want to be impersonal. I did give brewery gift cards one year to the R2 teachers, and they both, like, basically kissed me on the mouth because they were so happy (laughs) about their brewery gift cards. I mean, our preschool teachers had that same reaction to Starbucks gift cards. Yeah, I mean, I think gift cards are popular. It's just – but then it's truly, though, it's then another thing that, like, I struggle with gift cards because I love them, and then you have to keep up with them. 
Yep. That's always the struggle with just gift cards. Okay. So I do a similar thing. Like I do the the teachers and I started out doing, you know, food and then I've moved on to sort of like gift cards and things they really help that they really want. Um, I do think I'm probably I'm gonna take your advice and do the wipe the wipe off board unbundled gift or the the wipe the dry eraser things this year for sure. I do like to have and we talked about this, I think, on one of our bonus episodes. I like to have like just a collection of stuff for like if I get invited to a party or if I'm like, oh, crap, I got to have something for this person. My go to usually is like a really cute dish towel, either tied up with a ribbon or tied around a bottle of wine with a ribbon mm-hmm. so that I just have it and I can grab it and go because I find inevitably no matter how good my spreadsheet is, I forget something. So those are my sort of go to hostess gifts. Also last year, we had some folks that I wasn't sure if wine would be appropriate for them, but I wanted that sort of presentation. So I got these really beautiful like faux fur wine holders and put in nice bottles of olive oil and a little recipe for an olive oil based cake. And it was a super cute gift. That's cute. I like the olive oil. That's a good idea. People, everybody uses olive oil. That's a good thing. Or balsamic vinegar is good. They always have really pretty bottles of the stuff like that at TJ Mm -hmm. Maxx. Okay, moving on. Let's do kids next. So I feel like you're the expert here, Sarah. Why don't you talk about some of your favorite gifts for kids? But we also have such good coverage because I have three boys and you have two girls. Okay, Uh, not that I subscribe to gendered gifts, but let's be real. There's a little bit of that. Okay, so my number one gift recommendation when people ask me, what should what's an easy gift to give that all kids like and it's and it's almost not even that limited to age is magnetiles. Do you guys have magnetiles? Mhm, we do. Magnetiles are the best. They're so popular, they're indestructible. They're these little plastic flat tiles, but they're magnetic on all sides so they they can stack them in house shapes and they're just like I find them very satisfying like sensory wise. I also have the wooden magnet blocks that I also really, really enjoy. Those sit out on my coffee table all the time for people to play with. Adults play with them a lot. So I'm a big, I like a magnet and I like a blocking, stacking situation. I think they're popular for everyone for all ages and are just a good go-to if you're looking for gifts for little kids and aren't quite sure what they're into. And really, honestly, like this could even be for your kids. If you don't own magnetiles in your house, go ahead and get you some. The second one that's this little... um for a little bit for older kids, but still just so popular, and my kids play with them all the time, is snap circuits. Do you have snap circuits? No, we don't. You got to get some snap circuits. Okay, so it's like it's like a circuitry game. And it has a the big kit. If you've ever been to a children's museum, you have seen snap circuits because they all have them. And you can build, they can build like fans, and they can build little radios, and they can build, it has all the pieces though, and it teaches them, and it's like a buck that comes with it, like 150 um, instructions for different snap things they can build and they're like little snap they they're like little hard plastic things and they snap into place and you build the circuitry for like they have some that some that will send off alarms and you can do some where you have to use water to make the circuit work and it's this really really cool highly recommend snap circuits snap circuits and magnetiles those are my two go-tos and then also mm, I, I love that i also just buy for like preschoolers and stuff sometimes i just buy art supplies just markers and crowns because you know they go through those like water That's what I do. I do so many art supplies. I do, for girls about my daughter's age, really cute bags full of art supplies. Mm. (laughs) You know, Um, I hit some sales right after school started where some of the, like, stores like Justice and the Children's Place that bedazzle everything. And I wish my daughter didn't love it, but she does. 
Okay, and most girls her age just do, and I it's it's an unfortunate fact of life. So I've been able to steer away from the princesses, but not the dazzling of everything. But I went right after school started when everything was on sale, all these book bags and pencil cases and stuff, and I bought a ton of those things, and I'm filling them up with scented markers and emoji stickers and all kinds of stuff, and lots of girls around Jane's age are getting that for Christmas. I have also just become aware of the... Gel crowns. Have you heard about these? The smooth, easy glide gel crowns. Felix yes, will be yes. getting some of those. Have you? Are they as awesome as everybody says they are? I don't know, but I have heard about them. Well, we're going to be trying them out, and I'll report back. But I've heard that gel crowns are the thing to do. So we'll be getting, my children will be getting some gel crowns for Christmas. I'm also a big fan of books forever and always. I buy books. Everybody gets books for Christmas. I do like the... What is the four the the four gifts? It's like something something you wear, something you want, something you need, something you can wear, and something you can read. Have you heard that? Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. Yeah, I love that. So we we stick pretty close to that. And then I'm trying to think if there's anything else my children have gotten for Christmas. I mean, Legos get played with over and over and over and over again. And I know there are people that are very protective of the sets, but I would like to encourage everyone to free themselves from the tyranny of keeping the sets together. Because my husband and I were just talking about this. If you get a Lego set and there are pieces in the Lego sets that just don't come in any sort of creative Lego building block collection, like it's almost always just blocks. But the sets have all these cool hinges and connectors and pieces that just don't come in the creative sets. And that's what my kids build their coolest stuff out of is the pieces from other sets. So I would like to encourage everyone to, if you're like making your kids pack the sets up, and keeping them like a library. I have a friend who does this and I pick on them all the time. Like, just let it go, man. Let it go. They do so much better when they have the real creative. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. They have pieces that come in the sets, and they can build based on that. So we're big, we're big, big Lego people in my house. That's the thing that survives every year as the most favorite toy. And if you know people who are big Lego people or big on Shopkins or anything that involves lots of tiny things, another really awesome gift is some kind of storage Mm -hmm. for that stuff. Like we like to use the kinds of storage boxes that you keep like nails and screws in for Shopkins. And you get Jane one of those and you like pop a a cute J on the front of it. That's an awesome gift for her and for us too. We appreciate that. The other thing I want to mention, and then I have a question for you, is that National Geographic makes these wonderful sets of animals and landscapes. They're really inexpensive. They come in like rectangular containers that are easy to clean up and just put back on a shelf. My girls play with those over and over and over again, and they do the most creative things. They build these forests of animals, and they create Christmas lights at the zoo at home with Mm. their little National Geographic set. So it looks like not a big deal. It has been, I don't know, we're like six years strong into this set regularly being played with at my house. Oh, that's fun. I also am a big fan of games. So I give a lot of um, shoots and ladders, operation, 
pie, they freaking love pie face. And I do really like pie face face off where two people can get pie in the face. I'm a fan of that one. Um, so I like those. I think games are always really fun, good gifts too. And I like the cooperative games, not just the competitive ones. Do you have Echo buttons? Like Amazon Echoes? The button is so you can play games with your Echo. What? And it is so fun. Okay. They look like little buzzers. And they do all these games with lights. You can do Family <gasps> Trivial Pursuit. Your boys would die. They would love Family Trivial Pursuit so much. There's a game called, like, Cut the Wire that's basically like Simon with the buttons. What? Um, it's, oh, they're so right fun. Yes, you have to get them. They're really, really fun. We definitely will be doing that. Okay. So, now, husbands. Oh, man, I hate buying for men. This is Can a- we do something else before we go to husbands? Yeah. Okay, Sarah, I want to ask you before we move on to husbands, what as a parent do you want to beg people to not buy for children? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, here's what never, ever, ever goes well at our house. And it's not just other people buying them. I buy them. Anything that's like a complicated, self-contained toy situation. So like, you know, we buy we buy the big Hot Wheels spinner sets. It was like 50 bucks. Nobody ever played with it. The big... Paw Patrol castle or, you know, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like anything that's sort of a themed toy that's not something they can turn into something else and just has a bunch of pieces. They never they they lose the piece immediately. You can never get it back together. They play with it a couple times and then they're done. I hate stuff like that. Honestly, if it requires batteries, I probably would prefer you not get it for my kids. I'm just being honest with you. There are some rare exceptions, but for the most part, the battery-operated toys, they just don't play with. Like, if it makes a bunch of noise and has all these lights on it, that's going to be a novelty for, you know, a week maybe. I have seven, I'm not kidding, seven, like, musical car kind of things sitting in my guest bedroom to get rid of right now. Ellen has outgrown them. But the truth is, she never played with all of them because we had seven of them. And they're just noisy things. And the novelty's over really fast. I totally agree. I hate all that stuff. I pack it up and send it out. You know, like if it's, my kids usually really like figurines, like you're saying, like the animals. Like if it's just figurines, like a set of, we love the, the little superhero figurines. Not Lego. They're just, I can't remember. Like, Imagination Station does DC and somebody else does Marvel. I can't mm-hmm. remember the different ones. Like, those are, we like those. Those are, those are hits. But if there's, like, a big castle that goes with it, all that, no, pass. Pass, 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 pass. As the mother of girls, I just also want to say, we just never need a stuffed animal again as long as we live. I, mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. the appeal. I think they're adorable, too. I am drowning over here in stuffed animals. Yeah, I totally agree. I thought of one more fun gift that's been a huge hit in my house. My middle son's godmother last year sent him stained glass window coloring books. Have you ever had those? Yes, love them. Love those. And they're like $2 a pop and my kids love them and we decorate the windows in the winter. Big fan. Send those all day long. Anything crafty like that, right? The, the Even the things that you scratch, That's that stuff is so good for the car where you have those mm-hmm. pages and you just have like a wooden thing and you scratch it and it reveals a picture. Like all the craft things, washi tape we could use for days. Jane tapes everything. The girl goes yep. through tape. I know. And they get, in my, they get in my washi tape and then I get angry. Totally agree. Okay. 
men's. So this doesn't have to just be husbands, obviously, but it could be brothers, fathers. I really, really, really hate gift giving for men. I'm just going to be real honest about it. It's so hard. They buy what they want, man. It's the patriarchy. They go out and purchase what they want. What do they need us for? Just saying. Well, they buy what they want. And then like Chad, my husband is a really great deal finder. So he not only buys what he wants, but he buys the most expensive version of it because he found it for some kind of situation where he got a coupon code. Plus, if he uses the American Express, he's going to get cash back and this rebate. And actually, we made made 15 cents by buying this, Beth. You know, and like, <laughs> I can't do that. And I just can't spend my life that way. <laughs> so it's really difficult. Some years for Christmas, I just give him like saving money. So like this year, I said, your Christmas present this year is I don't want a real tree because he hates buying a real tree. He hates dealing with it. It's expensive. It dies. It just pushes all his money saving buttons. So this year, I was like, I don't want a real tree. That's your Christmas present. And he was very happy with that. (laughs) I mean, I get it. Chad always buys himself something around the holidays that he is like, this is my present. So I just try to do like a brand of, you know, three quarters up pullover or something that he's going to like as well because he gets irritated. We do experiences sometimes. And if I find a good one for him, I like to do that. Like I got him UK basketball tickets one year. That's fun. And like one year when Nicholas lost his job, I went and I asked all his friends for like reading recommendations and podcast recommendations. I made him a little like his own personal because we weren't spending money that year. So at his own little personal Nicholas reading list from his buddies. And I put that in a website together for him. That was a hit. He liked that. Um, One year I wrote down, this was a real commitment, but I just used the app, the one a day app. And I wrote down something that I was thankful he did or something I loved about something he did every day. And then I printed them out and I put them in a bowl. I don't think he's ever actually looked at them. I mean, it was a good exercise for me. I'm not really sure how much he ever looks at it. They're on his desk. I mean, maybe he does and I'm not giving him enough credit. But I did that one year. So that's kind of nice. Like, I think appreciation, just like taking a moment and doing something nice in an appreciative way. And then I think he always likes the stuff like I print out pictures of the kids for his office and and stuff like that. But he likes gear. Now, the best one is he we did the if there's a subscription box. I always think that's good for men. Like if there's a subscription box about a thing that they like. So like one year I got in the Karn camping gear delivery box. And then one year I got in the Japanese because he loves Japanese culture. So we did the Japanese treat box that they said you like snacks from Japan. I think boxes are always really good. I think boxes are good gifts for general, like grandparents, people that are hard to buy for. I think those boxes are really fun. I totally agree. I love a jam a month kind of situation, like mm -hmm. whatever it is. Now, one year for Chad, this was before we had children. I don't know if I could pull it off, pull something like this off before, but it has had some staying power. I bought all really nice wooden clothes hangers that matched. And I went into the closet and made the transition for him and surprised him with like, here's your reorganized closet with all these matching hangers. And I look over and his side of the closet years later still looks fabulous because of that. So that was a good one. If you if you can pull that off, that's a really good gift. That's a good one. Okay, so what are the best gifts you've gotten? Oh, I think that's a really hard question. I like to get jewelry because I don't buy it for myself. I don't want expensive jewelry. I want like everyday variety kind of jewelry. Yeah. I like like a nice pair of gold earrings or like I love Lagos and those kind of bracelets and stuff like I think those are good gifts. Just send me some hoops all the time. I need some hoops of whatever. I think handmade jewelry. That's what I want to clarify. Not like expensive diamonds, but there's so many there's so many brands that it's all about the handmade nature of the jewelry, which I really like. I think I feel like I'm getting my like value and beauty and not falling for the 
we say this is an expensive gem because we say so and not because there's actually they're rare or anything. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I love that kind of that jewelry stuff. I agree. And I feel comfortable buying basics for myself. Like I'll buy myself like a pair of silver hoop earrings. Right. But what I won't buy myself is like a pair of silver hoop earrings with some beads on it or something cute mm-hmm. that would only go with two or three outfits. But I love having that stuff and yeah, I will wear I it a lot. I just won't get it for myself. And that's what I always get for like my, my, I love, God bless mothers and grandmothers who have Pandora bracelets because that is the easiest gift ever. You're like, okay, good. I'm going to go buy you a Pandora charm. Here you go. Done. God bless the Pandora people. Although my mom's bracelet has got to be getting full at this point. I feel the same way about decorative house stuff. If the person knows me well enough to say she would like that. I don't want decorative house stuff from someone who doesn't get me. And then I feel pressure to use it anyway. But I, I love throw pillows and vases and, you know, just seasonal things even. Yeah, because I don't buy that, especially nice ones. Yeah, especially nice ones because I'm not going to buy that for myself. What about you? What are your favorites? So I do. I also really like jewelry. We were on a kick for a while where my husband, I'm pretty good right now, but I asked for, this is again, something I really don't want to go out and buy for myself. Um, Really nice pajamas like Eberge. Have you ever worn this brand? They're the best. And here's hot tip. I have my best friend pick them out. So I'm surprised and he doesn't have to pick them out, but I get the really nice pajamas. In fact, if you have a best friend, I have an amazing best friend, Laura, who's just like the queen of all shopping. And um, so she, I just am like, I would like Laura to pick out my present this year. Or I'll text Laura and I'll be like, will you pick me out a Christmas present and send it to my husband, please? And thank you. Um, So she always picks out like that. We were going on that for a while, but I have like a good amount now. I don't, there's only so many pajamas you need. And But like last year, I asked for a really nice overnight bag. I think that's a good thing. Like a thing that you really want. Like I know a bunch of y'all are out there wanting Rothy's. That would be a good one. Like I really want a pair of these shoes. I don't feel like I can pay that much. That's a good Christmas present. Anything that you're like would hesitate to buy for yourself because you feel like it's just a little too much money. I think those make good Christmas presents. Well, I hope this has been helpful to you all. I feel like the main takeaway is that with women, it is pretty easy to find general categories of things that we're going to enjoy. And with men, you have to really know the guy to come up with a good present. Most importantly, let's hive mind this, y'all. Let's get together as a community on the Facebook page or on the Patreon page, wherever y'all want to share it. You can email it. We'll share it next. Because this is good. We've done this episode early enough. We can share it on the episode for December. Or maybe we'll put together a blog post and share it all there too. So send us all your best gift idea tips and we'll share with the Nuance Life community. Okay, at the end of every episode, we like to leave you with something to keep you inspired throughout the rest of the week. I have been reading John O'Donohue's To Bless the Space Between Us, a book of blessings upon the recommendation of a reader, and I particularly enjoyed this one called For the Interim Time. When near the end of day, life is drained out of light and it is too soon for the mind of night to have darkened things. No place looks like itself. Loss of outline makes everything look strangely in between, unsure of what has been or what might come. In this wane light, even trees seem groundless. In a while, it will be night, but nothing here seems to believe the relief of dark. You are in this time of the interim where everything seems withheld. The path you took to get here has washed out. The way forward is still concealed from you. The old is not old enough to have died away. The new is still too young to be born. You cannot lay claim to anything in this place of dusk. Your eyes are blurred and there is no mirror. Everyone else has lost sight of your heart, and you can see nowhere to put your trust. You know you have to make your own way through. As far as you can, hold your confidence. 
Do not allow your confusion to squander this call, which is loosening your roots in false ground, that you might come free from all you have outgrown. What is being transfigured here is your mind, and it is difficult and slow to become new. The more faithfully you can endure here, the more refined your heart will become for your arrival in the new dawn. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Nuanced Life. We will be back in your ears with lots of commemorations. We hope send them our way next week. Until then, keep it nuanced, y'all. Nuance Life is produced by Dylan Garvin. Elise Knapp is our production assistant. Dante Lima is the composer and performer of our theme music. The Nuance Life is listener supported. For $5 a month, you'll receive an extra episode of The Nuance Life at patreon.com slash The Nuance Life. You can connect with us on our website, thenuancelife.com, and follow us on Instagram.